Good evening. If you seem to sense an aura of cold dampness that permeates this room, attribute it not to either defective air conditioning or inclement indoor weather. It's simply because this is rather a special place with a special statuary and special paintings. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this special episode. It's a cartoon alternative kind of episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Right next to me in the studio is my living, breathing cartoon. Jamie, I got one knife. Jamie. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. I'm your host, Patrick Riley. Oh, that's my theme song. Don't let me be misunderstood. Somebody who is never misunderstood. They always understand her. Everybody does. Even though she's just a little bit this. She is doing something new on this episode, even though it revolves around something old. That's right. The Riley and Kimmy show revolves around old things in a new way. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. You know, it's like back uh, a number of years ago, retro radio stations that played old rock and roll. They were called oldie stations. Then somebody said, don't say old because that's a negative. Nobody wants to hear old. So, you know, they got rid of old, you know, mm-hmm. and they try to be cool. You know, mm. the cool stations. Well, we're kind of that way, right? We're cool. Right. But we're not ashamed of the word old. No. Not at all. We have old-time radio shows we focus on, mm-hmm. golden age of radio things, and, That's right. and golden age television and films, plenty of old things, but we also talk about new things, too, kind of put them together. It's like the timeline just totally gets corrupted with the mm-hmm. Riley and Kimmy show. The past becomes the present, the present becomes, well, the present, and the future becomes now. That makes sense? Hmm. Well, it is a Saturday cartoon kind of day, so we can get away with a kind of goofy talk, right? Yeah. Well, we have Kimmy here to prove that because it is that kind of day. And if you haven't figured it out, it's a Saturday. That's why we're talking about cartoons. It's a cartoon alternative kind of day. And by the way, if you'd like to check out what was on that particular Saturday many years ago, we have a complete grid available on our website. It's a Saturday morning cartoon list. Uh, matter of fact, they have the grids done all the way back to the beginning in the 1950s, all the way to when it comes to its conclusion, when they really stopped the networks doing this in the early 2000s. You can find out whatever year you want to go to, what was going against whatever on whatever network. It's kind of cool. You can, you know, let's say you pop into 1975 for fun here. You can see what was going against Hong Kong Fui, one of Kimmy's favorite cartoons. Mm-hmm. Yes. What was, what, what, just for fun here, Kimmy, what network was brave enough, cutting edge enough to air Hong Kong Fui? ABC. That's right. ABC aired Hong Kong Fui. You can find out what's on NBC at that time or CBS. Just go right to our website at RileyandKimmy.com. And while you're at our website, make sure you check out our social media links. Yes, and you could really help out the show grow by sharing our show and liking it yourself, sharing it with your friends and maybe even enemies if you'd like. Be sure to share our Facebook page, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, and more. And the best way to find out where we will be next or if you'd like to communicate with us and maybe just uh, stay in touch with some pop culture information 
is through our Facebook page. Links to that on our website. Also, all archived episodes are available on our website all the way back to number one. And easy way to listen to us every single day, anywhere. I mean, at work or on the road or wherever you might be. Maybe you're uh, killing time in the outhouse. It could be. Maybe, do people still have outhouses, by the way? Mm, well, I guess they've got porta-potties, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe you're stuck in the porta potty somewhere. Uh, we're perfect for you to listen to. It, 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 we're there, right? Okay. We're, we're there for you at rest stops or wherever you might be. If you need to kill time, maybe you're in a waiting room or something. That, that's Hey, maybe you got a relative who's taking you out shopping and you just want to zone out. We're there. We're there for you, especially this weekend. And we're there every single day. And you can listen easily through iHeartRadio, iTunes, or SoundCloud. Interviews we've done, including celebrity interviews and pop culture stories, all available on our website. What is our web address? RileyandKimmy.com Find archived podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com I'm Patrick Riley. I'm Kimmy. We're The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley Kimmy Show. We're available for your next event in Florida. Please consider the Riley and Kimmy Show for your pop culture or nostalgia-based event. Art shows. Exhibitions. Festivals. Grand openings. Home and garden shows. Car shows. Collectible shows. Conventions. Animal and pet-related events. Let us promote your event with customized commercials and interviews. Live on-site promotions and podcasts. Please contact us on Facebook Messenger. All communications kept confidential. Pop culture escapism. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play a game? That is the question. Does Kimmy want to go back in time? Challenge your brain cells with a thrilling game of pop culture trivia. What say you, my favorite cartoon, on this Saturday? Well, yeah. Okay, one of the things we do want to warn you is the timeline has been adjusted. That means it is out of whack. Totally, totally messed up. Like you. Yeah, yeah just, just like me, yes. But in its case, it's been put into the temporal blender of time. Kimmy, that's right. It's been uh, totally messed up. Feel free to help out Kimmy with answers. She believes in time travel answers. So talk to, whisper to, be very nice to. Whatever computing device you have the Riley and Kimmy show playing on right now. Could be anything because we're mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. And she believes that the two of you can communicate. She is in your past. You are in her future. And somehow, wow, a wormhole opens up and the answers come to her. I think she's crazy. She says it works. Mm-hmm. Well, she's going to need your help. I guarantee it. On this episode of the Riley and Kimmy show, probably not with the very first question, but there is a, a chance. Kimmy, within two years, tell us when this program premiered and tell us who the host of the program was. Matter of fact, judges say don't do that to her. Make it decade. Was it the 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, or 1990s? This TV show premiered. Tell me who the host is, or actually was. All right. Let's get it out of the way. Yes, the ravages of time do leave their mark. That was 10 years ago when Nightline began. And from the very first night, the executive producer, Bill Lorden... Who is that, first of all? Ted Koppel. Yes. What decade did Nightline premiere? 70s? 
1980s. It was 1980 when it happened. What network aired Nightline? ABC. You're right, Kimmy. But you, you got the question basically right, the whole thing. We're going to give you as a positive there, a win for Kimmy. Moving to something a little more challenging, Kimmy. The first oil drill seagoing rig was put in service. Now, that's one of those things, those big platforms out in the middle of the ocean, you, you know, that, uh, drill, that drill for oil. Okay. Was this the 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, or 1980s? Oh, 1950s. You're right. 1955 is when that happened. Here's the big challenge. Those who like plays, help Kimmy out right now. Those who are familiar with plays, help Kimmy out. The year is 1955. The play Cat on a Hot Tin Roof debuts on Broadway. The question is, who... Is its playwright? Shout out that answer. Whisper it to Kimmy. Um, Tennessee Williams? Did somebody do that? You actually got that. I must have. Well, fantastic. Popped into my head. Excellent. The year's 1965. Bill Wyman was knocked unconscious by an electrical shock from a microphone stand. It was the first date of the anniversary tour of what band? The Rolling Stones. I saw somebody get zapped at a radio station. Yeah? While I was on the air. Was it somebody you liked or somebody you didn't like? It's my tormentor. The one who oh, looks that like... that would have been cool then. Oh, Kimmy. See, Kimmy does not like my, my former mentor. He looks like one of the doctors of Doctor Who. That's why Kimmy won't let me watch Tom Baker. He does. He looks exactly like him, doesn't mm-hmm. he? I, 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 I was there the day he happened to put his hand on the control board when lightning struck the station and he got zapped and knocked all the way to the wall. Wow. <laughs> okay. Can't wait to have him on the show. You two can uh, maybe you know maybe you could actually interview him when he's on since you love him so much. Might be an interesting interview. 1973 in bizarre musical happenings. This recording artist was bitten on the rear end by a fan during a concert in Buffalo, New York. The male fan was ejected from the show. The year is 1973. Tell me who got his rear bit. She says, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Said, hey, honey, take a walk on the wild side. And she says, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Said, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Well, he took a walk on the wild side. Somebody actually took a bite on the wild side. Uh, who, who got bit, Kimmy? 1973. Lou Reed? Yeah. How did you know Lou Reed? I knew that. Fantastic. The year is 1978. This group releases this song. Tell me the name of the hit. The willow turns his back on a clever weather. And if he can do it, we can do it. Just me and you. Can you tell me the name of that hit? With a little luck. With a little Nineteen seventy-eight. That was released by what group? Wings. That's correct. Nineteen eighty-five. The fifth Golden Raspberry Awards, otherwise known as Razzies, happen. You know what a Razzie is, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to win a Razzie, right? No. Well, let's see how you do with some of these people who won Razzies. Nineteen eighty-five. Worst actor, Kimmy. This actor, not known for singing, actually sings in this movie, and the song he sings 
wins worst original song. The person who wrote this song co-stars with him in the film, and you will hear her in the clip. Tell me the two people. She does. She only wins because of the worst songwriting. You know, it was her song, okay? But he performs the song in this movie. See if you can tell me who it is. But why are you creating a monster and they call me Frankenstein? And they call me Frankenstein. Yeah. I'm Frankenstein. I'm Frankenstein. I'm Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're doing good, Nick, really. I'm proud of you. <laughs> How do you like this get-up? I think I hate you, Taylor. Oh, what's the matter? What's the matter? You're wrecking my dignity. I'm a cabbie. I'm not a rhinestone laundry bag. Oh, life's just full of little pet peeves, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, why don't you have this hat spade while you're at it? <laughs> why don't you go practice your walk while I practice my diction, okay? Okay. Kimmy, do I need to go to clue number two, or can you tell me who won the Razzie for worst actor oh that sounds like sylvester stallone that's correct and who won for worst original song the song called drinkenstein dolly parton yes have you ever seen the movie rhinestone i have not no it didn't win the worst itself but uh that's something to check out if you want to see sly in something totally different he he actually sings and performs and gets into a very gaudy country singing outfit it's something to check out now worst actress See if you identify the worst actress. She actually mentions the title of the film in this little scene we've isolated. Worst actress. Here's your clue. I went to see Romeo and Juliet at the Royal Opera House when I was 16 with Nuria von Fontaine. It really wiped me out. I like different music for different things. I like to listen to rock. I like to dance to jazz. Not only Prokofiev. Ravel. Did you ever do it to Ravel's Bolero? Mm-hmm. My uncle turned me on to it. <coughs> My stepmother's younger brother. I used to spend weekends at his house in Surrey when I was going to school in England. Uncle Fred said the Bolero was the most descriptive sex music ever written. Seeing she's with Dudley Moore, can you tell me who that is? Who wins Worst Actress for Bolero? Bo Derek? Yes, Bo Derek. Moving to better cinema. The year's 1986. The 58th Academy Awards happens. Best Actor. The year's 1986. Tell me who it is. Here's your clue. I share this with Raul. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. You know, it's, it's incredible. Um... I didn't expect to be here, so I don't know what I'm going to say. Uh, um, I want to thank the courageous people in Brazil with whom I made this film. The Saudade, Brazil. Um, I am very proud to be an actor. Thank you very much. Can you identify who that is, Kimmy? I cannot. He was in the movie Kiss of the Spider Woman. He wins the Oscar. He would eventually be known for, well... Kimmy would know him for broadcast news, and let's see, he played in The Incredible Hulk, uh, played in Captain America, Winter William Soldier. William Hurt? Yes, William Hurt, 1986 Academy Award winner for Best Actor. Best Supporting Actor, tell me who it is, the year's 1986. It would please me very much if 
everyone that made a creative contribution to Cocoon would stand here with me in spirit because they deserve to be here. And to them, I give my deep, deep thanks. To all you members of the Academy, this esteemed gentleman here says that you have given to me your recognition. You've given to me your love. You've given to me, and I hope I've earned, your respect. For all these, I am deeply grateful. Thank you. Kimmy, can you tell me who that is? Don Amici. That's correct. For Cocoon, wins Best Supporting Actor. And you can hear it there. Don Amici was one of the most sought-after and most recognized voices during the golden age of radio. Don Amici. Best Supporting Actress. See if you can figure out who won the Academy Award. The colors are right. That's what counts. Now, everybody sees shapes differently, but colors are forever. Why'd you call, Charlie? We wasted a lot of time, mate. Four years. You called out a lot of time. How come you didn't wait till I was 50? You want to do it, Charlie? Is that what you want? Whoa. <laughs> Take it easy. What the hell, mate? <laughs> Nobody took it slower than me, Charlie. Four years. Answer the question. You want to do it? Well, uh, yeah. So, let's do it. With all the lights on? Yeah. Right here, on the Oriental. With all the lights on. Who wins the Academy Award 1986? I don't know. It's Pritzi's honor. Does that help you? She's acting there with Jack Nicholson. Oh, um, Angel, Angela, um. She was in the Adams Family film version. Yeah. She played Morticia. Yeah, um, Angelica Houston. Yes, you got it right. Best original song came from the movie White Nights. Tell me who the recording artist is that gets the... Oscar. Say you, say me, say it for always, that's the way it should be. Can you tell me who won the Oscar? Lionel Richie. You got it right, Kimmy. Now let's move to some bad. That's right. 2001, 21st Golden Raspberry Awards, the Razzies. Worst actor. We have two clues if you need it. I think the first one, I don't know if you can do it. Tell me who wins for Worst Actor. Here's your audio clue. Tomorrow morning, we must warn the planet ship of the mutiny. The one that you're going to pretend is in the works, like your life depended on it. Because it does. If the worker revolt takes place, my informants tell me that the first order of business is to separate you from your head. Well, the best way to stop it is to increase profits and stop cutting the workers' pay. Man, animals do. What if we were to... Train them how to mine, which is why you should have me take a group of man animals with equipment out to a remote area, better that you don't know where, and try and train them. Give me worst actor. Who is that? I don't know. Here's your clue number two. He talks about making that movie. He talks about making Battlefield Earth. Tell me who it is. There's so much uh, that, was great. That, was that reminded me of Pulp Fiction, but in the year 3000 instead, the kind of dark humor it had and the uh, cool kind of hip qualities that the movie had well it, it, it was effective you know and it made me feel more evil and kind of unusual and uh, more alien like you know
Can you tell me who won the Razzie? John Travolta. Yes, for Battlefield Earth. Worst actress. She was in a movie called The Next Best Thing. Tell me who it is. You make it sound like you were seduced. I was the one that kept saying no. You weren't saying no, you were saying now. Ridiculous. Anyway, you started it. You kissed me. I kiss you every day. We kiss all the time. Every time we see each other, we kiss. It's friendly. It's European. I don't think I've been to that country in Europe where the natives say hello by sticking their tongue down your throat. Oh, so you haven't been to Italy recently, have you? It's not every day of the week that I sleep with my best friend. Oh, thank God. I've seen that look so many times before. What look? That shutting down, turning off, morning after look. You're just like any other guy. I expected more from you, Robert. Being a gay man and all. Worst actress. Do you need an additional clue, Kimmy? That's Madonna. You didn't need an additional clue. You're right. The movie is the next best thing. She released a album soundtrack for that movie. One of the songs she recorded, it did not chart. The single is... Kimmy, can you tell me the name of the cover song by chance? American Pie. Yes, uh, that cover was done March of 2000 to promote the soundtrack for the film The Best Thing of 2000. I think they should have actually released this one instead, and I'm being serious. This one didn't receive any chart action either. Stood Still, I think, was a little bit more powerful and better than uh, American Pie. It's a lot better. Mm-hmm. The album, though, with those two things we just pointed out, and I, the film didn't exactly do that well. I don't know. Did you ever see the next best thing? No. Okay. Uh, the album it didn't do that bad. Out of the Billboard Top 200 for the year of its release, that's 2000. It peaked at number 34. Moving to the good stuff. 2002 74th Academy Awards happens. Tell me who wins best Actor, here is your brief clue. Oh, God is good. God is great. God is great. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you all. Forty years I've been chasing Sydney. They finally give it to me. What they do? They give it to him the same night. I'll always be chasing you, Sydney. I'll always be following in your footsteps. There's nothing I would rather do, sir. Nothing I would rather do. Kimmy, can you identify who won Best Actor? Denzel Washington. Yes, for Training Day. Now, Best Actress, we'll tell you what movie she won it for. She won for Monster's Ball. He was a good kid. You know, he was a really good kid. He was so good. He was. He really loved me. He really really loved me. He was so fat. I don't care what I brought in this he just eat it up. I don't care what it was I brought in here. I bring some Popeye's chicken. That boy ate the whole thing. Before I even get a chance to get me a bite of the chicken, he just eat it up. He would eat his little <laughs> off. 
<laughs> you ain't never seen nobody eat like he would eat candy gumballs. He made me take him over over up there to the super Kmart and he put them quarters in that gumball. <laughs> he always had to get the red gumball. Get that red gumball. And he just eat all that red gumball. She acted opposite Billy Bob Thornton. Can you tell me who it is who won the Academy Award for Best Actress? Halle Berry. You're right. Moving to music, Kimmy, the year's 1991. The Black Crows were dropped as the opening act of this group. They, they wouldn't allow them on the tour. That's for repeatedly criticizing Miller Beer. Miller Beer was the sponsor of the tour. That's why when I took you to meet this band, you didn't see the Black Crows at that concert. Kimmy, what's the name of the band, the tour, that they um, they were kind of dropped from? ZZ Top. That's correct, 1991. The year's 1992. A Chicago judge ruled in the class action suit around this band that $3 cash rebates would be given to anyone that could prove that they bought the group's music before November 27th, 1990. The date, a scandal about them broke. Tell me the name of the group. is the name of the mystery act. Millie Vanilli. That's right. The year's 2005. This actress receives a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. We have a sound bite here for you. Here she talks about one of her first films. It's actually the first one where she is the headliner, the head star. Um, the role, I think uh, the subject matter I found really interesting because I was into, you know, the whole computer thing not to to that degree but i mean the whole aol in the online um premise was very interesting because it is very addictive and it's very accessible and it's very open and it makes people feel like i can be and just say anything um so it makes people very vulnerable it's like a whole nother society it's a, it's like a whole nother civilization is being built on a computer screen um that was interesting but it wouldn't have been interesting if it didn't have a character behind it to sort of execute the story because techno films to me are very limited in terms of people who will be able to relate to it. Mm -hmm. um, but I just, uh, I found it really interesting because I'm such a control freak and I can find myself being at home and I did the same thing. I hid behind the computer. I would write to my friends. I didn't talk on the phone. That to isolate yourself because of I don't know, fear, you know, of things, violence going on on there and things, things not being as calm in the world and as safe as we'd like for them to be. It's easier just to hold up at home. Mm -hmm. So that aspect of it, I understood, you know. So I think that's what appealed to me and sort of, you know, how she broke through it, you know. Kimmy, can you identify who received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame 2005? Sandra Bullock. And what movie is she talking about? Um. Can you do it? Um. The Net. Yes. I don't know how you did that. that. That's fantastic. Obviously, you have seen that film. Yes. Celebrity and notable birthdays. Famous people born on this date, Kimmy. This person born 1874. Your spell, you will get your way when you hypnotize with your 
This person could do magic. Born 1874, magician, escape artist. One of the most popular publicity stunts was to have himself strapped into a straight jacket and suspended by his ankles from a tall building as people looked or a crane came He would then make his escape in full view of people. He was a master escape artist. Can you tell me who was born 1874? Harry Houdini. That's correct. And who played him in 1953 in the biography, the film? I don't Ooh, know. That's Tony Curtis. I highly recommend checking out. There's a little bit of you know fiction stuff with it, mm. but it's a, it's a very good production considering the year is 1953. Next person, actor born 1924, Kimmy, known for this TV show. What is the show? Three's Company. Yes, he was on Three's Company from 1976 to 1981. Then would go off on his own show for just 28 episodes. Can you tell me who it is? You can't throw away a sink like that. Look at the workmanship. They don't make them like that anymore. Yeah, you're right, Stanley. The Civil War changed everything. (laughs) You must have dropped something in there. I can fix this easy. You know, the first thing that a pro will tell you is, check your clog. Check your clog. No, there's nothing in there. Now, the second thing... My finger's caught in a drain. He played Stanley Roper. Kimmy, can you tell me who it is? He was on Three's Company and, of course, the Ropers from 1979 to 1980. Is it Norman something? It's Norman something. Um. It's not Norman Lear. It's, no. Uh, Norman. It's not Norman Schwarzkopf. <gasps> not Norman Osborne either. I don't know. It's Norman, not Bates. Norman. Mm-mm. Can't do it. Fell. Norman Fell, born on this date, 1924, died 1998 at the age of 74. Next person, Kimmy, he was considered the king of cool. A cool cat in the world of acting. Born 1930. Starred in the Thomas Crown Affair, the original version, 1968. Starred in Bullet in 1968 as well. And in 1974, he was in The Towering Inferno. Can you tell me who was born on this date? Architects. Now you know there's no sure way for us to fight a fire or anything over the seventh floor. But you guys just keep building them as high as you can. I want to see all your floor plans, 81 through 85. This is what I'm worried about, all those beams and that glass. Do you have any wool or silk manufacturers? You see in a fire, wool and silk give off cyanide gas. Do you have any uh, sporting good manufacturers like table tennis balls? They give off toxic gases. Anything that could blow up like gasoline, kerosene, uh, fabric cleaner? I don't think so. Good, I'll be up in 81. Okay. For what it's worth, architect, this is one building that I figured wouldn't burn. Kimmy, he was in The Towering Inferno, acting opposite Paul Newman. He was in a TV series from 1958 to 1961. He played Josh Randall on Wanted, Dead or Alive. Who is the actor born 1930? Steve McQueen. That's correct. Passed away 1980 at the age of 50. A movie I'm sure you've never seen, Kimmy, and one I highly recommend is The Sand Pebbles. 1966, he plays Jake Holman on that very powerful performance. That is Steve McQueen. And, of course, Bullet which I'm not certain. Have you seen Bullet or not? I don't know. Oh, you, you, you'll you know if you've seen Bullet. I would have assumed you had, considering how you drive. 
But uh, Bull- I tell you what, in the next couple of weeks, you need to see Bullet. We need to see if it's on a streaming or we can get it on DVD okay. or something because powerful movie, fantastic, and set in San Francisco, and they actually shot the movie, these very powerful car scenes. He drove. He didn't use a stunt driver, and there's no CGI. So it's something to uh, really check out, and especially since you like Death Proof. I think you'll like this movie. It's just uh, even though it's a crime drama, I think you'll like it. Action crime drama. Singer having a birthday today, age 69. He had a top 20 hit back in 1979, number 12. Tell me who's having a birthday. Well, the things that you do and when I ask you to the nights, you say you got to be cruel to be kind in the right measure. Cruel to be kind, that's the very design. Number 69, who is it, Kimmy? Is it Nick somebody? Yeah, Nick somebody. Who is it, Nick? See, that's that's the problem. People always yell out that first name real loud, but I can't ever I can't get that second name. Nick Cage? No. Nick Lowe, Nick Kershaw. Nick Lowe? That's correct. Comedian, actor, TV host having a birthday. He created a cartoon series that, well, was his name. He has written three books and was the initial host of the third revival of Family Feud from 1999 to 2002. Tell me, who is having a birthday? Thank you. Thank you, the Duprop family against the Spory family. Boy, we got to be able to change those names sometimes, don't we? <laughs> this is a family show, so both families have agreed not to behave like they're at home. <laughs> Let's get started. Let's play the feud. Come on. <laughs> All right, shake hands. Good idea. Chuck, William, we surveyed 100 people. Top four answers on the board. Try to find the most popular answer. Name something considered bad manners at a dinner table. Chuck. Burping. Burping. Show me burping. Is it up there? Wow, number one. I want to pass or play. They want to play or want to play? They're going to play. They want to play. Get over there. They should make you Chuck. I'm going to use that foot eventually anyway. Introduce me to your family. Kimmy, can you tell me who's having a birthday? I can't. You don't know Louis Anderson? Oh, okay. Louis Anderson having a birthday. How old is he within five? Oh, 62. He is 65 today. And the cartoon Life with Louis was on 1995 to 1998, 39 episodes total. Next birthday, former model, actress. She was cast as the perfect or fantasy woman in films such as The Woman in Red from 1984. Also the movie Weird Science in 1985. Tell me her name. So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? She also did commercials right around that time period, Kimmy. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. This is my hair in the morning. So I wash it. Just like you. And blow it dry, just like you. So how come my hair looks great despite all this? I discovered Pantene. And it's always beautiful. Just like mine. Who is celebrating her 58th birthday today? Oh, I can't do it. Did you ever see Weird Science? No. Are you telling me you've met one of the people from Weird Science? Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. She doesn't remember. She's met Anthony Michael Hall. Mm Mm-hmm. And you've never seen Weird Science. Mm-mm. Okay. 
And Oingo Boingo, Weird Science, the song. I know the song. Uh, okay, but you don't remember her. Okay. I can picture her, but I've never watched the movie. Okay. Next person, television so person. So who was it? Oh, we didn't mention who it was? No. Oh, okay. It's Kelly LeBrock, who's having a oh, birthday yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. She is 58, and she did the Pantene commercials for a period of time. Okay. That's why I figured you would know who it is. If I remember correctly, Kimmy used to use, this is not an endorsement, Pantene. Did you not? I do still. Well, there, there's an endorsement, an unofficial endorsement there. Quit plugging, Kimmy. Next birthday, tell me who it is. Television personality, fashion designer, and author. She is best known as one of the original co-hosts of The View. Now, you've seen The View, correct? Mm -hmm. She was one of the original co-hosts. She appeared in the show from 1997 to 2006. She was also one of 16 contestants on the fourth installment of Celebrity Apprentice in 2011, coming in fifth place. She quit The View on the air. Nobody knew it was coming. She actually announced she was out. Supposedly Barbara and nobody knew this was coming out of this person's mouth that day. Tell me who it is who's having a birthday. Something's been on my heart for a little bit. And um, after much prayer and counsel, uh, I feel like this is the right time to tell you that uh, the show's moving in another direction for its 10th season. And I will not be returning as co-host next year. Oh, um, I'm going to hold your hands right now because, as you might imagine, this it might hard. be the sure. hard thing to do, okay? Yeah. It's been the most amazing nine years of my entire professional and personal life. Barbara, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity of a lifetime to sit at this table and sit with you guys. Who is having a birthday, Kimmy? I don't know. You don't know her? Nope. That's Star Jones having a birthday today. She is 56. Reason she did that is, well, her contract, she knew for two months, was not renewed for the 10th season. And everything was supposed to be hush-hush on that. And then it was leaked. And she believed it was leaked by upper management of the network that she wasn't going to be part of, you know, the next season. So she decided to take matters in her own hand and just leave the show that way and let people know. Hmm. proving one of the dangers of allowing somebody to finish out a contract when they decided to replace them mm. instead of just paying them off mm -hmm. whatever's remainder and just, you know, that, yeah. Check out the Larry King interview right after that. It's kind of interesting because Larry King is kind of barbing at her from a viewpoint of his discussion with Barbara Walters earlier in the day. off Not off the record, just off camera. Kind of interesting. Next individual actor, best known for this TV show, Gimme. Our whole universe was in a hot, dense state that nearly 14 million years ago. What is the name of the TV show? The Big Bang Theory. Yes, he's part of the Big Bang Theory. Tell me who is having a birthday, how old he is within five years. Here's your brief clue. Bazinga. Who is it? I thought it was brief. Um, Jim Parsons. That's correct. How old is he today within five? 39. Jim Parsons is 45, and what's the name of the character he is known for? Sheldon Cooper. Bazinga. I don't care. Yes, you got it right, Kimmy. Tell me why this person is on the famous birthday list. His name, Peyton Manning. He was a football player. You're right. Former football quarterback who played 18 seasons in the NFL. 
mostly with the Indianapolis Colts, considered to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's celebrating his 42nd birthday today. I see dead people. Notable deaths, famous people who passed away on this date in history. Kimmy's going to need your help on this one. That's right, so whisper to, talk nicely to whatever computing device you are listening to us right now on. The question we have for you, Kimmy, this person passed away 1905 at the age of 77. He was a French writer, considered the father of science fiction. He shares that title with H.G. Wells. He wrote Journey to the Center of the Earth in 1864, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea in 1870, Around the World in 80 Days, 1873. Many consider him also the father of steampunk. Can you tell me who it is? Jules Verne. Whoa! <laughs> How did you know that one? Did somebody shout that one out to you? Did you actually know that one? I knew that one. Very, very good. Kimmy, uh, you'll need your help on this next one. An American actor dies at the age of 93 on this date. Here is an audio clue. We have two if you need it. Some yellow squid feeder, huh? Took a powder, huh? That rat. Where is he? Where'd he go? I'm asking you, where's that squealing son of yours? Huh. <laughs> you think a squealer can get away from me? Huh? <laughs> you know what I do to squealers? I let them have it in the belly. So they can roll around for a long time, thinking it over. You're worse than him. You're telling me he's coming back. You lying old hag. <laughs> no, no, I'm taking Let me go. No. On a train, huh? Damn it. He lets her go. He pushes her down the stairs. She's in a wheelchair. Can you tell me who passed away on this date? Here's clue number two. Look at that cheap squirt passing up and down. What for? You have to keep passing up and down here all the time. <laughs> for a nickel at grave. Stick both thumbs right in his eyes. Hang on till he drops dead. <laughs> <laughs> You're Nick Bianco, ain't you? Hauser was telling me. You're a big man. I'm Tommy Udo. I've heard of you. You did, huh? Huh. Imagine me in on this cheap rap. Big man like me. Picked up just for shoving a guy's ears off his head. Traffic ticket stuff. Kimmy, can you identify who it is? No, I can't. That's Richard Widmark, and I wish in a way that 1960s they had made the Batman TV show serious that was was originally going to be very dark and a detective kind of show because I think Richard Widmark would have been a fantastic Joker mm. uh, he could play Psycho nobody could touch him with Psycho uh, being a Psycho what very few could I mean powerful scenes that's Richard Widmark who passed away on this day 2008 next individual died 2010 an American actor known for this TV series tell me what it is Kenny was on the air from 1965 to 1968. Can you identify that TV show? I Spy? Yes, he was part of I Spy from 1965 to 1968. He played Bill Maxwell on this show. Look at what's happened to me. I can't believe it myself. Can you tell me the name of that TV show? 
Greatest American Hero. Yes, he was on both those shows. Tell me who passed away on this date. 2010. Everybody, over against the van. Line up. Close the door. Well, well, well. This is my unit, huh, Ralph? Just what I always wanted. Romper room. You, on any given day, the one thing I don't want to hear is some hubcap stealing shrimp telling me how to run my unit. It's a good question, honey. We're not looking for Teresa Chimorosa. That's what all the grunts down at the bureau got psyched into. What we're going to do is look for Serge Valenkov. That's the husband. Valenkov, you got that? Now, these are photographs of Valenkov. Take them around, ask people. Remember, we're looking for a guy with an accent could cut a hole in concrete. Now, if you find anybody who's seen him, don't do anything. Pull back and call in. Can you tell me who played on The Greatest American Hero and played a killer a couple of times on Columbo? Who was it? Robert Culp. That's correct. Died on the state 2010. 2016, this American comedian actor died at the age of 66. He was in a couple of uh, Marvel films, Kimmy. He was in Iron Man 2 in 2010 and 2014's Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Tell me who passed away. I gotta fly home tonight because uh, I got some constituency problem and I gotta press the flesh. Uh, no, not really. 23, kind of hot. Real hot, you know, wants to be a reporter, I think. I don't know who listens at that point. Really, because she's killing my back. But this isn't the place to talk about it. This nice pen. Come here. Who was it, Kimmy? Oh, um... Do you need another clue? What are his initials? G.S. Oh, it's just not coming to me. It is my honor to be here today to present these distinguished awards to Lieutenant Colonel James Rhodes and Mr. Tony Stark, who is, of course, a national treasure. Can you tell me? Come on, can you do it? Gary Shandling. Uh, That's who passed away on this date. 2016. Next person died 2016 at the age of 92. He was the creator of this TV show and its narrator... Tell me the name of the TV show. The Waltons. He created The Waltons. He also narrated every episode. My grandfather used to say that nobody owns a mountain, but getting born and living and dying in its shadow, we loved Walton's Mountain and felt it was ours. The Walton family had endured in that part of the Blue Ridge for over 200 years, a short time in the memory of the mountain. Still, our roots had grown deep in its earth. When I was growing up there with my brothers and sisters, I was certain that no one on earth had quite so good a life. I was 15 and growing at an alarming rate. Each morning I woke, convinced I had added another inch to my height while I slept. I was trying hard to fill my father's shoes that winter. We were in the middle of the depression and the mill on which our village depended had closed. My father had found work in a town 50 miles away and he could only be with us on weekends. On Christmas Eve, early in the afternoon, we had already started looking forward to his homecoming. John Boy is, well, him, and he's John Boy. Can you tell me who it is who created the Waltons and narrated the episodes, Kimmy? I cannot. That's Earl Hammer Jr. Passed away on this date, 2016, at the age of 92. Hammer time. 
Jimmy, I think you did a fantastic job on this Saturday. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, you're quite welcome. We're going to go back in time and honor something we talked about on Trivia with the Golden Age of Radio. Radio was We mentioned actor Richard Widmark died on this date at the age of 93 in 2008. We have an example of his golden age of radio work called How Long Is the Night? The Plot. A story is about a U.S. soldier left alone on a Pacific island after an atomic test. He's alone, well, sort of. There's something else alive on the island. Totally full of suspense and thrills and chills. And as a bonus, after listening to Richard Widmark, we have a tribute to Jules Verne, who was born on this date. We have The Mysterious Island, a golden age of radio production of the classic book from 1874. That's available on our website for your listening pleasure. And also, we have something about Harry Houdini, because he was born on this date, 1874. We have two golden age of radio productions about him. The first one is a dramatization of Houdini performing a dangerous escape trick and then explaining how he did it. And then that's followed with a very fascinating historical piece of radio and recordings. It's a seance, the last seance held by Houdini's wife, Bess, in 1936 as she attempts to contact him. These are back-to-back without interruptions on our website. But right now, kicking off our tribute to... Richard Widmark on The Riley and Kimmy Show. It was no different than any other night. It was hot. The same warm wind blew up from the south end of the island. Along the west beach, a line of dirty white foam spread out where the breakers came up on the sand. The moon had already gone down. Across the lagoon, there was nothing. No lights, no sound. It was the same as the day before. The same smell hanging over the water and the land. The smell of a world gone dead. They came and woke us up a few minutes before 3 a.m. The three of us got dressed and they gave us breakfast. We checked our equipment, then we took our positions with the other men. We wore protective helmets with specially treated linings. Over the eyes, a pair of heavy-duty goggles. Jackets, trousers, gloves, all specially treated for protection. Our boots were spread with linings of lead. We waited. The dawn came up fast. I think it was about 5.30. We kept watching the horizon over to the east, a faint outline of an island. The warnings began to come in over the earphones. Bomber boy one. Bomber boy one. Two minutes before actual time. Mark, two minutes before actual time. Adjust all goggles. Adjust all goggles. Stand by. The month was May. It was beautiful. I took one more look before I strapped on the goggles, the blue water of the Pacific, the green islands near and in the distance, the islands of Enuitak. The month was May. A piece of the earth was getting ready to die. Farmer boy one, farmer boy one, one minute before actual time. Mark, one minute before actual time. Stand by. A single bird passed overhead pointing for the horizon. There was the faint barking of a dog. Then it was quiet. Farmer boy one. 30 seconds before actual time. Mark, 30 seconds before actual time. We waited for the split second. We waited for the sound of it. Bomber boy one, 15 seconds before actual time. Stand by. 
Ten seconds. Five seconds. Four. Three. Two. One. first one, but there were others. Our job was to photograph the results, everything. The tests ran into weeks, months. The islands of Enoetak became a chain of black ruins, each of them festering with deadly radiation. After each explosion, we landed on the islands in the target area to photograph the remains. We got a first-hand look. It stayed with us. On the last day, I had two men working the cameras with me, Joe Harrison, Bert Pacelli, both good men. I couldn't blame either one of them. It just happened. Don't take any chances, Warner. Be careful. Yes, sir. Goodbye, sir. See you at Pearl. Joe, Bert, all right? Yeah, okay. All right, let her go. Now, what's with the old man? Nothing, Joe. Told me to remind you to be careful. Don't take any chances. Uh, not as long as I'm in this neighborhood. Uh, atom bombs. Who needs them? Quit moaning. You got them. You check our Geiger counters this morning, Bert? Yeah, good shape. Brought the extra camera, too, just in case. Hey, have a look. What? ship pulling out over there. Kind of lonesome, huh? We'll be gone in the morning. Hey, Warner? Yeah? What are they going to do? Are going to leave anybody around at all after we take off? Yeah, I suppose so, the Marine Guard. Why? Oh, nothing. Just wondering. Even the water looks bad. Enough hot stuff in it to bring it to a boil. Well, what do you think, Warner? You figure the natives will ever be able to come back? I suppose so. Ten, twenty years, maybe. What would they live on? I mean, the islands we covered already couldn't even find one green plant left. Everything burned to the roots. How would they live? Take it to the chaplain, Bert. I only work here. Dead land, dead water, nothing. Give it time. Probably wear off. That's the point. What? What happens if it doesn't? That's the last thing I can tell you from memory. What was said, what was done. The rest of us, just as I put it down in the log. The last trip. Island 27. It's a few minutes past 1,200. We've just landed at transfer point C. Most of the men have left here already. Skeleton crew standing by. There's one LST left at the landing pier. Harrison, Pacelli, and I move our camera equipment on board. 1220. We clear the reef and head north for Island 27. Weather overcast. Hey! That's it ahead, isn't it? 27? Uh-huh. Joe, want to take her a couple of points starboard? We'll put her right up there, ahead of the beach. Okay. Tubs sure take their time. 
Too bad the plane couldn't have brought us in closer. Well, they still need landing strips. Brought us as far as they could. Hey, Warner? Yeah? This is number 27. I thought it was on the fringe of the blast area. That's the way I get it. Why? Try your Geiger counter. Kicking up? Give a listen. Yeah. How about that? Warm dose for a fringe area. Well, you got fair warning. As soon as we land, keep moving. Don't waste any time. Make it go as fast as you can. How about your sidearms, your canteen? All okay, I'm set. Yeah, same here. With any kind of luck, we'll be back at the base for supper. All right, Joe, hold it steady. Right. What's the matter? You look worried. I'm not worried. It's just another island. I'll feel better when we're leaving. Hey, take it easy. Won't hurt a bit. That's what they told them at Hiroshima. We've landed on Island 27. It's about a mile wide, two and a half, three miles long. It's like a dozen other islands we've covered in the test area. The same smell of death and dying. As usual, our lives depend on our Geiger counters. They measure the radioactivity bombarding us as we move through the contaminated area. When the clicking sound is slow, the location's fairly safe. When it speeds up, it means the radiation's getting intense. As soon as we landed on the beach, my counter started turning over. We keep moving. The beach is littered with the remains of birds and fish, the life scorched out of them. The sand is burned jet black. There's no breeze. The sky is still overcast. We stop moving only once to lay out a plan of operation. What do you think? How do you want to cover it? Well, Joe, you take the upper end of the island, huh? Cover everything down to that first inlet there. See what I mean? Yeah, okay. And Bert, you cover from the inlet down to here, okay? Right. I'll work everything from here down to the lower end. Now keep moving, but don't rush it. And try and keep in sight as much as possible. If anything happens, if you need help, fire your sidearms. Two shots, got it? Sure, right. right. Okay, let's move. Thirteen forty. We've started photographing the island. Each of us carry three cameras, 35-millimeter black and white, 16-millimeter for color, a 4 by 5 Graflex for the still shots. It's getting warmer. The overcast is starting to lift. In the sunlight, the island looks even worse, what's left of it. As far as I can see, every last bit of vegetation is dead, scorched out. A hundred yards back, I came across the remains of a wild pig. It must have been caught in a bomb flash. It's impossible to give you a description. 1415. The sky's clear, no wind. It's quiet except for the ticking of my Geiger counter. I keep moving. Plenty to photograph, good specimens. I've just taken some color film of a piece of coral. Looked like portions of it were melted by the heat of the blast. 1520. I heard the prearranged signal and I hustled down to the beach. Harrison and Pacelli were coming toward me, waving their arms. Yeah? What's the matter? Got to talk to you. Nothing serious, Warner. It's going to hold us up, though. What's the matter? Oh, we're short on film. You got any to spare? No, I'm in the same spot. More stuff to shoot than we figured, I guess. Uh, you didn't leave any supplies in the boat, did you, Joe? No, already checked it. I want to get something to eat. Getting a little hungry. Guess we should have brought along some rations, huh? Didn't figure it'd take this long. 
Well, all right, the two of you better take the boat and hustle back to the transfer point. Pick up some food, some more film. Okay. Anything special you want? A couple extra rolls of 16 color if they got it. Better make it fast if we're going to finish up today. Right. Come on, Joe. Yeah. Oh, hey, you sure you know the way back to our transfer point? I think so. We go due south to Island 20, down the east side to Second Inlet. You got it. Meet you right here, about 1700, 1730. Yeah. Hey, don't worry if we're a little late. We'll make it. I watched the two of them climb in the boat, start up the engines, and head south for the transfer point. The boat gets small in the distance. In a few minutes, it's out of sight. 1540. I'm alone on the island. I'm alone. Fifteen forty-five. I found out a couple of minutes ago that there's something else alive on this island besides me. I spotted it moving in a charred tangle of brush about fifty yards inland from the beach. I took a look. It was a small bird, dark colored. Apparently, he'd been exposed in one of the test blasts. One whole side of him was a bright red burn. He had one leg and one wing. He floundered helpless on the ground. The one wing kept flapping. The first impulse was to pick him up. I reached over and held my Geiger counter directly above him. Wasn't anything else I could do. I killed him. Sixteen thirty. I've just shot the last of the film, and I'm back at our rendezvous point on the beach. Harrison and Pacelli haven't shown yet. I keep watching the horizon to the south. No sign of them yet. Seventeen hundred. Seventeen thirty. Still no sign. Eighteen thirty. It's practically dark. Just a glimmer of light over in the west. 1845. It's dark, pitting. No light, no sound. Only the Geiger County. I keep looking out in the darkness across the water. No sign of the boat. I can feel the panic starting in. Where are they? When are they coming back for me? Are they coming back at all? It's been over five hours, maybe more. I don't know, my watch stopped half an hour ago. The radiation, I think. I haven't drunk any of the water from my canteen yet. I've decided to go slow with it. I haven't got any idea how long I'll be here. I keep walking. There's not much feeling left in my legs. If I could only sit down just for a minute. But I can't. I've got to keep walking. The Geiger counter is the only thing that keeps me awake. That and the motion of walking. The moon's been up for about two hours now. It throws enough light to give me some idea where I'm going. I don't know how long it's going to last. There's a high bank of clouds drifting toward it. If I only had a light. If the boat had only come back for me. What could have happened? Why would they do something like this to me? I keep walking. 
Oh, Lord. Hey! Hey, get out of here! Hey! Well, I, I can't be that panicky. It's impossible. There's nothing alive. We, we, we've been over the whole island. It's, it's burned out. It's dead. I heard it. I know I did. It couldn't have been the wind. There isn't even breeze. It's still there. It's hiding in the brush. Something alive. An animal? A man? Hey, what is it? Somewhere back in the brush. I guess I scared it off with the gunshots. I start walking again, and the trembling in my legs works off. But my mouth and my throat, they're dry. I, I debate a few minutes before I reach for my canteen. starvation sets in. I could always find something to eat along the beach. A dead bird or a dead fish. That illusion didn't last very long. They'd all be the same. Radioactive. What? Get out of here! Get out of here! Get away! Grabbed the gun flat in my hand. The sound came closer. I brought the gun back and I threw it with all my might. And I missed. I turned. I ran. Seems like hours running. I was running. I stopped only once, about 20 minutes ago. My throat was so dry, I couldn't get my breath. I reached for my... I reached for my Geiger counter a minute ago. Maybe it happened when I was trying to get away. It doesn't make much difference anyway. Anyway, it's done. The counter's smashed. 
here, finally. I'm at the beach. No, just in time, too. The moon's gone down. It's dark again, pitch dark. I don't care. There's nothing. There's no water, no food. The gun's gone. Geiger counter's smashed. It's gone. It's gone, everything. Huh? It's followed me back. Still, still there. It's right up there in the brush. Right at the edge of the brush. It's waiting for me. It's waiting for me. But Jelly! Harrison, why don't you come? What happened? Why don't you come for me? What time is it? It's still dark. How long's the night? How long? What time? What time is it? Four o'clock? Five? What time? It's just no use. Prayer. Yeah, say, say a prayer. Which one? Our Father who art in heaven. Hail Mary for us. Pray for us. Pray for us. I don't know how long it's been. I'm not sure. Edge of the sky looks gray. Maybe getting light. I've gone down to the very rim of the beach. I'm facing inland, my back to the water. I haven't heard the sound lately. Last half hour, anyway. And I don't care. What? Over there. Over in the east. It's gray. The whole sky. It, it's getting light. It's getting light. Warner! Hey! You all right? Shelly and Harrison, they come for me. I wasn't thirsty anymore. I, I wasn't hungry. I was alive. It was more than enough. Hey! You all right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right. A lousy boat conked out on us, Warner. Half a mile from transfer point. And had it fixed, it was dark. Wouldn't stand a chance of finding the island at night. Hey, what's the matter? You sure you're all right? You got your sidearms with you? Yeah, why? Up there. Straight ahead of you. Patch of brush. Want to take a look? Why? What's the matter? I don't know. I'll give it a look. Hey, what's it all about? I wish I could tell you. Well, what do you mean? Hey, Warner, come here. Give a look. Come on. Yeah, what'd you find? Nothing. Just this wild pig here. Wild pig? Yeah, the islands are full of them. I think he's still alive, see? Barely alive. Look at the flash burns, the skin. It's pretty horrible. <laughs> wild pig. Yeah. You want to take care of it, Joe? Okay. Rest in peace. Amen. Huh? Warner, you sure everything's all right? It's been a long night, Bert. Let's go home. A anything we can do for you now? Anything you want? Yeah. I want to sit down. I just want to sit down.
If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about The Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com.